Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. So the classics today, getting God's attention. Does anybody have good news for us before we get started in the house? If you give us good news online, I think there's a one to two minute delay. So I may not be able to respond to you, but you can give us your good news. And those that are operating the Facebook live stream and commenting on there, they will respond to you. Does anyone have good news today? Why are y'all laughing? Well, happy Valentine's Day to you. Could you say that again, but more sincerely? It's a question now. <laughs> happy Valentine's Day? Happy Valentine's Day to you, Mika. <laughs> Those are good both ways. First she said, happy Valentine's Day. I felt it. I felt it in my soul. Thank you. Happy Valentine's Day to all of you. Um, this is mine and my wife's 16th Valentine's Day. No, 15th, because it wasn't a year yet that we had our first Valentine's Day. So this is our 15th Valentine's Day together as a married couple. Good to see y'all. Welcome. I hope y'all are warm. Good to see you guys. So anybody else have good news besides happy Valentine's Day? You don't got anything else for me? That's it? Okay. God is good. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Praise God. We got a little bit of snow. Praise God. Thank you for bringing that up, Jorge. The kids are going to school two days a week. It's something. We'll take it. Thank you, Jesus. Let's give the Lord a clap offering for that. <laughs> All the moms said amen. Does anybody else have good news? That's a great point. Anybody else have good news today? Well, if not, let's get into the word. You got some good news. Yes, sir. A long time. Sit back. We, we got back in. We got back into here in, in May. We as a church, we only had one Sunday where we were caught off guard and did live stream only because we were compelled to. But the following weekend, which was, it was still in April, we started meeting in the parking lot for three. Dad says it's three weeks. But yes, we are back. We've been back, I think, since May. And so praise God, we are able to meet as we should as true Americans. It's called freedom of worship. And freedom of worship is not, you can go to church but don't sing. That's not freedom of worship. This is freedom of worship. And we sang our lungs out today. So praise God. Let's go to 2 Kings chapter 5. And uh, we've already prayed for the word to fall on good ground. So I'm going to read you about 14 verses. And we'll just go from one verse to the next. I will, if they'll keep me rolling back there, it'll help me to not hesitate. So they, they always do a fine job, but I know it's going to help me to keep going if I just don't hesitate. And we discuss it after the fact. So 1 Kings Oh, sorry, 2 Kings, I'm sorry, 2 Kings, chapter 5, verse 1. My apologies. I think I just said 1 Kings, and that is, not, that is not your fault. I didn't recognize that first verse. 2 Kings, chapter 5, verse 1. The king of Aram, okay, that's the area of Syria, modern-day Syria. The king of Aram had great admiration for Naaman. Naaman in the original Hebrew, means beautiful or pleasant to look at. That's an interesting name because you're about to hear his story. For Naaman, the commander of his army, because through him, through Naaman, the Lord had given Aram great victories. Someone say great victories. But though Naaman was a mighty warrior, he suffered from leprosy. Leprosy covers all kinds of different types of skin diseases. 
uh, some very contagious. And so back in the day, leprosy was bad. It was a death sentence for some people. It was also a sentence to isolation. Okay, you couldn't be with regular population because it was an infectious disease most of the time. So at this time, Aramean raiders had invaded the land of Israel, and among their captives, interesting, right, was a young girl who had been given to Naaman's wife as a maid. One day the girl said to her mistress, I wish my master would go see the prophet in Samaria. He would heal him of his leprosy. Can you imagine that faith? She said, he just needs to go over there. It's that, that's that simple so he can be healed. So Naaman told the king what the young girl from Israel had said. You don't think you have power in God's kingdom and in life? This girl was a servant girl who had been captured during a raid or a war. And she was able to move her master who was able to move the king of that country. A servant girl. So don't tell me your words don't have power. Go and visit the prophet, the king of Aram told him. I will, this is interesting. I will send a letter of introduction for you to take to the king of Israel. So Naaman started out carrying as gifts 750 pounds of silver, 150 pounds of gold, right? And 10 sets of clothing. The letter to the king of Israel said, With this letter I present my servant Naaman. I want you to heal him of his leprosy. I don't know why the king said that from one king to another. Here's my, here's my servant. Here's my general. Heal him. Verse 7. It's obvious that this was coming. When the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes in dismay and said, This man sends me a leper to heal. Am I God that I can give life and take it away? I can, I mean, you know, I can see that he's just trying to pick a fight with me. Verse 8. But when Elisha, see, this was Elijah's protege. Elijah trained Elisha. Elisha, when he received the anointing of his master Elisha, he said, I want double your anointing, a double portion. Scripture records twice as many miracles for Elisha as there were for Elijah. We don't even know if all their miracles were recorded, but according to the Word of God, he had a complete and physical doubling of the amount of miracles that his master had. But when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes in dismay, he sent this message to him. Why are you so upset? Send Naaman to me. And what? He will learn that there was a true prophet here in Israel. Verse 9. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots and waited at the door of Elisha's house. But Elisha sent a messenger out to him with this message. Go and wash yourself seven times in the Jordan River. He didn't even go out to him. He sent a messenger. Then your skin will be restored and you will be healed of your leprosy. Um, we've been in the Jordan River, some of us in here, and there is no healing power in that river. That would have to be a miracle from God. We were actually baptized in the Jordan River. After I baptized those who wanted to be baptized, I baptized myself again. I, I, I went ahead and did it because I could say I was baptized in the Jordan River like Jesus. But there is no healing power in that river. But Naaman, look at his response. He has a proud response, okay? God's been dealing with me about pride in my own life, so look at what he did. He became angry and stalked away. How do you stalk? Does anybody know how you stalk? You stalk. You walk off like that, angry. Is that pretty convincing? Are you believing me? Okay, happy Valentine's Day to you. But Naaman became angry and stalked away. I thought he would certainly come out to meet me, he said. 
I expected him to wave his hand over the leprosy and call on the name of the Lord his God and heal me. Huh. Not quite. And then you know his other proud response. Look at this. You know, God's trying to do a miracle for you, and you're going, yeah, but what about this and what about that? We're arguing. I have a natural propensity within me to be a little um, contentious, a little bit like, yeah, but I don't know if it's that way. That's not good. That's not good. That can be a problem after a while. Aren't the rivers of Damascus? Look at what Naaman's saying. He's already stalking around. He's upset. The Abana and the Farfar, better than any of the rivers in Israel. Why shouldn't I wash in them and be healed? Because the prophet don't live over there. So Naaman turned and went away in a rage. He was furious. The guy, look, the guy had already been there. He'd been struggling. He thought it was going to be an immediate miracle. He thought he was going to show up with his gifts. And he thought it was going to happen as he planned. Someone say, as he planned. Your miracle ain't what you thought exactly every time. It doesn't always look like you planned. God can do it, and he will do it, but it's not always what you expected. But his officers, officers tried to reason with him. One translation says that they called him father. My father. This translation says, sir. My father is a term of respect. Or, sir, if the prophet had told you to do something very difficult, one translation says, some great thing, wouldn't you have done it? You want to you, you get healed? Climb up the mountain backwards on your knees while cutting yourself. You know what I mean? Some weird thing. And no, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not a proponent of that. I'm just saying, people do crazy stuff. There's folks in northern New Mexico every year that they'll climb and go on long journeys on their knees until they're bloody during the Easter season because they feel that they need to do something great. But did you know all God asked for is faith? I love what his people said. Sir, father, dad, general, if the prophet had told you to do something very difficult, wouldn't you have done it? Wouldn't you have done some great thing? So you should certainly obey him, right? When he says simply, go and wash and be cured. You know what's powerful is Naaman had a little pride and he was upset, but he came to his senses. There was some humility in him. You know, I've had those moments where I'm not listening and I'm upset and I'm dealing with my own pride, my own weaknesses, and I go, wait a minute. And I listen to my wife or I listen to somebody and go, you know what, you're right. It doesn't have to be this way. So Naaman went down to the Jordan River and dipped himself seven times. That's not very hard, right? I mean, you're thinking... With each dip, I'm getting closer to being healed. So dunk, 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 whatever you got to do. As the man of God had instructed him, seven times. Someone say seven. And his skin became as healthy as the skin of a what? Of a young child. Wow. Of a child. And he was healed. That's powerful. Then Naaman and his entire party went back to find the man of God. At this point, it looks like they stood before him. And Naaman said, now I know that there is no God in all the world except where? Except in Israel. Your God is the real God. He's the true God. Please accept a gift from your servant. We're going to stop there. So let's go back to verse 1. And we'll, I don't know how that works back there, if that's at the lower part of our screen. Is that how it's working now, Valeria? So good. We can just leave that verse up there for a little bit. I want to talk to you about this, this chapter and the text we read right now. My question for you today is, what do you need from God? I believe it was Oral Roberts who said years ago, 
the most dangerous time in our lives is we think we don't need something from God. If you don't think you need something from God every day, every moment of every day, you have a danger of becoming self-sufficient. I'm naturally self-reliant. I don't know about you. Have you seen kids, though? Little kids? They'll drive you nutty with asking you to help them with stuff. They'll ask you questions because they think you know everything. You seen little babies? How does that work? Why is it snowing? Why aren't we going to church? Why did we go early? Why did we go late? Why didn't we take this? Why did we take the shortcut? Why didn't we go the long way? Kids want to know they're dependent on their parents. Kids will come and ask. They'll mess something totally up and go, Mom, can you fix this? Dad, my, my niece says, Dada. My niece says, Dada. Can you fix this, right? Can you fix this? If we would be more like kids, Jesus said, such is the kingdom of heaven. He said, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Kids know they have needs. Now, you know, they get a little older and they think they figured it out. But the older they get, the more they realize, if you're like me or anybody else in this room, we've aged a few years, and we've got some kiddos in here, but those who have gotten some years on their lives, man, the older I get, the more I realize I do not know. The older I get, the more I realize I need God. The older I get, the more I realize, wow, everybody needs a miracle. Would you put that point up there? Everybody needs a miracle. Point number one today. Everybody needs a miracle, no matter what. You will always need a miracle, no matter who you are, where you are. And then you hear people saying, oh, he's a self-made millionaire. Nobody's self-made anything. That's like me saying I created myself. That don't make no sense. No, mm -mm. God was working on me in my mother's womb. He knew my, my heart. He knew me before I was born. He knew me before I was in my mother's womb. And I'm going to tell you right now, we will always need God and we'll always need his power for a miracle. Someone say, everybody needs a miracle. Say it one more time. Say, everybody needs a miracle. You do. You need a miracle. I need a miracle. Now, here's the only catch. Not the catch, the requirement. It takes faith to receive a miracle. It takes faith to receive a miracle. Look at this guy. He had it all, didn't he? I guarantee you, a general who is winning wars for his king, physically, he's not going to have any needs, is he? Think about that. Think about those ancient days. I'm sure, I'm sure this guy had the wife he wanted. I'm sure he had the house he wanted. He had the chariot he wanted. <laughs> right? He didn't have any needs. Scripture says, let's go to verse 1 again, 5-1. The king of Aram had great admiration for Naaman, the commander of his army. Man, if the king admires you, all your needs are met. He had all the food he wanted. Because through him the Lord had given Aram. It says because through him the Lord, though. Isn't that interesting? Even though these folks didn't serve God, it says because through him the Lord had given Aram great victories. It was prophesied that they would have great victories before this. But though Naaman was a mighty warrior, he wasn't just a general, he was a mighty warrior. That's powerful. He suffered from leprosy. He couldn't heal himself. I can't save myself. You know, Bill Gates, he can't save himself. And let's, let's be real, Bill Gates could use some Jesus. I don't know if all the rumors about him are true, but wow, I've seen some videos of him and he's out there. And, and Mark Zuckerberg, you'll never hear this message on Facebook, but we're streaming through your platform. After move toward it, right? 
Look at verses 4 through 6. Let me read those real quick to you again. 2 Kings 5, 4 through 6. So Naaman told the king what the young girl from Israel had said. Go and visit the prophet, the king of Aram told him. I'll send a letter of introduction for you to take to the king of Israel. So Naaman started out. He took all that stuff. I'm not going to read all that. Verse 6, the letter to the king of Israel said, With this letter I present my servant Naaman. I want you to heal him of his leprosy. Not exactly the best approach, because I, I guess they just didn't have an understanding of it. They thought the, he, the king commanded the prophet, I guess. I don't know. But the prophet was God's man. So God's man said, I don't know how you heard about it so quick. God must have told him. He said, hey. He heard the king of Israel had torn his clothes. He said, why are you so upset, right? That's verse 8. Send Naaman to me, and he'll learn that there's a true prophet here in Israel. I speak for God. I do miracles by God's power, basically. So you've got to, number one, realize you need a miracle. You're, you were praying for it. You know you need it if you really think about it. Now move toward it in faith. Get to work. There was a guy that used to work for my father-in-law, and I'm probably butchering the saying. I don't know if Mom or Dad Brown are watching this today or if they'll ever watch it. But Dad Brown, he had a worker that would say, steppers just keep on stepping, boss man. It's just another step for a stepper to keep on stepping. It's just a step. What do steppers do? They just keep stepping. So move toward it. Someone say, move toward it in faith. Everybody say that again. Say, move toward it in faith. So how do you do that? Well, Right now, we're believing God for a new home. And in the process of that, you just you start to move with peace, and you move until you hit a wall. And if you hit a wall, you turn, and you follow God's leading. It hasn't all worked out yet, but we've felt the leading the past year. We crossed over into January 2021. We knew God was leading us into something different. We said, wait, God, we're going to keep taking steps until you tell us to stop or you tell us to change it. We're going to move out in faith. My mom used to say that. My dad says that. He said, start, start taking steps. Because you know how it is. As humans, depending on personality, sometimes we go, I need a miracle. And we're back on Facebook just swiping. I need a miracle. And we're back on the remote control. I need a miracle and we're just daydreaming. No, you've got to take steps. There are people who say, man, I'm believing God for a car. Have you looked for one yet? Start looking. Write down the kind of vehicle you want. Write it down. Scripture says, write down the vision. Make it plain upon tablets. Why? So that he may run that reads it. Whoever reads it says, I have a goal. Here's my goal. Get plans for a house. Get pictures of a new neighborhood. Get pictures of the certain house that you want if it's for sale, right? Don't be coveting someone's house if they're living in it. Unless God spoke to you and you just go offer them cash, and then, you, then it's a little different. Say, hi, I'm prepared to make you an offer can we have your house? And they say, how much? You tell them, and they go, thank you. We'll be out in two weeks. If God's told you to do that, then do that. But you need to move toward it in faith. And you look at people's houses, and you go, wow, God has blessed them, man. I, I'm going to tell you what. I've never been one of those that you'd call a hater, ever. It's crazy, man. People drive by on a nice ride. I've been with folks, and I was a youth pastor once. And I'd hear kids say, someone would drive by in a real nice vehicle, and they'd go, they're probably dealing drugs. I don't know that. I don't know that. That's crazy. I don't know that. You don't know that. 
What if they're just blessed? What if they got an inheritance? What if they saved their money? What if they got a good deal? What if someone gave them a car? There's people in this ministry that folks have just given them cars. I've known folks in this ministry who've given away cars. So, I mean, move toward it in faith. What is your goal? What can God do? He can do anything. The sky's the limit. That's not even the limit. He's the God of miracles, but he's the God of the universe. The creator. Can you imagine the one who said, let there be light? I think he can handle your order for a Ford Focus. Do they even make those anymore? No, I don't think so. Ford Escape or, you know, a Yukon or a Tahoe. Or you say, no, man, you know, God's speaking to me. I want a Denali. Go ahead. Those are sweet. Go ahead. I want a Mercedes. That's up to you. I'm excited with my Toyota Tundra truck. I'm at the three-year anniversary. It's exciting for me. It's, it's a blessing. Just something great to drive around in. I'm very, very grateful. But move towards your miracle in faith. Are you all with me? Take steps. Start looking. Start writing down. Start praying about it. Make notes in your Bible. As God speaks to you and you're reading the Word in the morning, you got a hard copy Bible, write it. Date it and say, Receive, miracle received. I believe it. I've received it. I've just got to see it in the physical now. I can see it in here, and now I'm going to see it in the physical soon. It will be manifest. Remember, everything manifests in the spiritual first. Everything manifests in the spiritual first. Scripture says Jesus was the Lamb of, Lamb of God slain from the foundation of the world. Say, how did that matter? In God's mind, he was already crucified thousands of years before it happened because God knew you needed it. He knew that you and I needed a miracle. So move toward it in faith. Number three, this is for me as much as it is for you, humble yourself. This is easier said than done. I can tell you this all day long. I can tell you, you say, well, I don't, I don't know if I need humbling. I'm not proud or uh, I'm doing all right. That's between you and God. But I know that God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Let's read through verses 11 through 14 again. Perfect example of what could have happened, really, had he not humbled himself. But Naaman became angry, remember? Prophet didn't even see him. He said, go dip yourself in the, in the Jordan River seven times and away with you, right? <laughs> I thought he would certainly come out to meet me, he said. I expected him to wave his hand over the leprosy. You expected that, but that's not how God was going to do it. And call on the Lord his God, right? And call on God. Verse, what, what's the next verse there? The name of the Lord is God, and heal me. Verse 12. Aren't the rivers of Damascus and Abana and the far, far better than anything of the rivers? Why shouldn't I wash in them and be healed? So Naaman turned and what? Went away in a rage. Verse 13. But his officers tried to reason with him. Remember, father, sir, general, if he had told you to do some great thing, some dif difficult thing, wouldn't you have done it? So you should certainly obey these simple instructions, these very, very simple instructions. Go wash and be cured. Verse 14, he came to himself and he was humble. He had a glimpse of, of common sense here, a flash of it, and he said, Scripture says, Naaman went down to the Jordan River and dipped himself seven times, praise God, as the man of God had instructed him. And his skin became as healthy as the skin of a, what? a young child. And he was healed. Did you know some of the greatest things in my life that have ever happened were because I humbled myself? Did you know it was my pride that kept me running from the call of God? It was. Say, God's going to make me do something I, I can't do or I don't want to do, or it's going to, it's just, he's going to make me do something that's not going to be enjoyable. 
I ran and ran and ran from the call of God. And then right here, right in this approximate area, 21 years ago, I told my mom, I, basically, it's time. I preached my first sermon in here, January of 2000, to an adult crowd. Or Nick, adult kids, youth, probably that night. It was a Sunday night. And I knew that I was called to work full-time in the ministry. I'd run from it for a long time. Long time. Had to humble myself. Did you know when God speaks to you, you have to humble yourself to be able to obey in the simplest of things? And not everything is weird or off the wall. But can you imagine? Scripture says Jesus, at one point, someone had, they were blind, and what did Jesus do? He got mud and put it on their eyes, didn't he? That's bizarre. If you did that apart from God's anointing, you would look like a weirdo. You know why? Because they just have muddy eyes. Now they can't see and their eyes are hurting. But that was the power of God in the flesh. He put, who knows why the Spirit of God led Jesus, God in the flesh, to do that. But he put mud on that guy's eyes and he was healed. Another time, a guy couldn't speak. Do you guys remember that one? Do you remember what Jesus did? He did some odd thing, didn't he? What did he do? Does anybody remember? Didn't he put some saliva? On the guy's tongue? Can you imagine doing that in COVID? <laughs> People would be so freak, freaked out. No, I bet there's a lot less kissing today on Valentine's Day because of COVID. Maybe even among married couples. I don't know. It's like, I don't know, man. You've been sneezing, you know, whatever. Jesus did some odd things. But you, guess what, though? Here's the common thread. You had these people that Jesus was healing and, 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 and the Lord through the prophet told Naaman, go, go dunk yourself, go bathe yourself, go dip seven times in the river. And Jesus did some interesting things. It takes humility to be able to do those things. But when you need a miracle and you understand, no, I believe now, I don't care what it takes. God, I'll do whatever you say. I'll do whatever you say, Lord God, I'll do it. That is humble yourself. Don't argue with God. Don't argue with others. If God has spoken to you, you've received a word. You said, no, I know this is God. I've heard people say this. I know it was God, but I'm not going to do that. That freaks me out. That freaks me out when people, because look, God's going to honor your will. Say, okay, he's a gentleman. Okay, go in peace. No miracle for you, right? But you got to humble yourself. That's number three. And number four, when you have received your miracle, I'd say before, during, and after. Someone say before, during, and after. Yeah. Give God the glory. You give God the glory. We were here praising Him today with a worship team. Man, it was fun. It was exciting. You say, there's not even many people here. That's okay. There's people on the live stream that are blessed. Blessed by the live stream. The ability to watch this from home or work or wherever they are. Give God the glory. Give Him the honor and the praise. I drive around in my truck. All day long, even when I'm struggling and I praise him, I listen to music and I praise him. Why? Because he's worthy of it. Scripture says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. So give God the glory. Let's go through these points again. You and I and everybody, everybody needs a miracle, number one. Everybody needs a miracle. It's time to admit that. Once you admit that, you're, you're so much closer to receiving your miracle. Say, man, I need a miracle. Number one, because that's building hope in you going, I need a miracle and God can do it. Number two, move toward it in faith, saying God will do it. 
This is according to his will. I know his will is to bless me. I know his will is to heal me. I know his will is to fix this relationship and, and, and speak to me. I know his will is to change this in my life. Move toward it in faith. Someone say believing. Uh -huh. Someone say, I believe. I believe. Say it again. Say, I believe. I believe right now you've given tithe, offering, and first fruit, and God is activating those as you listen right now. Things happening in the spirit, spirit wor world. My dad's been saying for weeks now, the seed is in the ground. All you can do is believe and water it. Can't do anything else but trust God now. All right? So move toward it in faith. Number three, humble yourself. God may ask you to do some unusual things like pray an extra hour a day, read more of your Bible, Ask for help on something. Ask God. Ask someone you trust, a spiritual leader, a mentor, connect group leader, a pastor, someone you trust in the faith. Or you may have another situation in your life that you've been stuck there and God's saying, ask them. They know about that and you haven't done it because you were embarrassed. Do it. Do it. There were times in my life where I was so embarrassed and God said, no, you better go to them because they have the answer. And God will give you the answer through them. God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Praise God. Humble yourself as you move towards your miracle in faith. And number four, before, during, and after. Someone say before, during, and after again. That's right. Before, during, and after, give God the glory. Give Him all the honor. Give Him all the praise. He's worth it. He's taken care of you all these years. He's brought you this far. There was an album by a local singing group years ago. We had it at our Christian bookstore, and it's, it was entitled... We've come this far by faith. I'll never forget that. I was a kid in junior high, and I'd see that album cover. We've come this far by faith. Yes, we have. One old song says, he didn't, didn't teach you to swim to let you drown. God's with you. He's with you. If Peter could walk on the water, I'm telling you, you can do some great things with Jesus. Let's pray today. Go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes. Those of you joining us on the live stream, I'd ask you to do the same as well. If you're in a place where you can do that, Okay, so we honor God today. Father, we just thank you. We thank you for your presence, Lord. Thank you because you're faithful, God. Thank you because there's no one like you. Just take some time in God's presence. We're not in a huge rush. God, soften our hearts. You said in the Old Testament that you would give us a heart of flesh in exchange for the heart of stone that's tried to take over. Lord, there's news and social media and there's so much information and it's desensitizing, Lord. It makes bad news common. It makes us look at terrible events and tragedies and go, oh, yeah, well, you know, another tragedy. It happens all the time. No, God, give us soft, compassionate hearts. Hearts of flesh instead of stone. Speak to your people today, God. I'd say this to those joining us on the live stream. I believe that everyone in this house, in person, has accepted Jesus and made him the Lord of their life. I believe that. But if they haven't, I'm going to give them a chance as well as you on that very same live stream to accept Jesus or recommit your life to him. It's very important. So I would ask that everybody repeated this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father. Say it again. Say, Heavenly Father. Say, I believe 
that Jesus is Lord. I believe He is my Savior. I believe He died and rose again for me. Say, I'm saved, but now I also recommit myself to your service, Lord. I can't make it without you. I need you. Say, I'm tired of being self-sufficient. Help me, Lord God. Strengthen me for the work because the joy of the Lord is my strength. Cleanse me of my sin. Forgive me, Lord. I need you every hour. I trust you, God, and I thank you. In Jesus' name. I want everybody to look at me, and I'm going to pray one more time before we take up our offering, and then we're dismissed. But is there anybody in the house who says, you know what, there was something in that word today that was for me. Would you raise your hand? You say, man, there was something in there for me. God spoke to me. I pray that you're raising your hands on the live stream or you're nodding your head because I know God has something for everybody in his words. Not because I'm the preacher. I'm just the messenger. You or I can give the word and God can get that same word and give it to people in a different way and give them everything they need. So based upon what you said, we're going to pray that God take this word and use it in your life and grow it into something powerful. Let's agree. Father, in Jesus' name, I plead the blood of Jesus over the folks in person and those in the live stream and those who would listen to this message later at any time in the next several months for the audio recording. God, I thank you that you're doing something in our lives and it's a new thing. You haven't changed, but your methods change. And God, you're opening doors of excitement. You're putting your hand of grace all over us, God. It's already on us, but now we feel it. Now we see it for this next season, God. Your hand of grace and power to do what you called us to do. I pray for those at home today watching. God, you're doing amazing things. There's a woman watching right now. I think I see your face, but I'm, I'm not going to go out on a limb that way. But God is doing a miracle for your family, and you know who you are. He's doing a miracle for your daughter. He's doing a miracle for your grandbaby. He's doing a miracle in your personal relationships, in your job. He's doing a miracle right now in Jesus' name. He's doing a miracle all around you. There's miracles happening. Because today you humbled yourself and you said, I need a miracle. Everybody needs a miracle. And I surely need a miracle. And as you get your miracle, this is for everybody who needs it. As you get your miracle, you'll be like the the tenth leper who came back to Jesus and worshipped him after he got his miracle. He saw that he was healed and he came back and Jesus said, weren't there ten of y'all? Where's the other nine, basically? Where, where's the rest of y'all? But look, look at this, this man honoring God with his praise because he received a miracle. And that's for you, man of God. That's for you, woman of, woman of God. That's for you, boy and girl. That's for you, a miracle today. Someone watching today, either in person or online, you do. You need a miracle for your job. There's been some questions about your job. You've been waiting to hear from God. I don't know the details on it. I know that sounds vague. But I just see that there's been an issue with your job, and you've been praying about it. God is going to solve it this week. God's going to solve it this week. I can just see the, 
Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I can see the calendar, and I see this next week, and I'm seeing faces and different things, but the important thing is that you know, and you know who you are, God's going to do a miracle in your job, whether it's with a decision, whether it's someone's going to start giving you favor that didn't before, and I speak promotion and raise right now. Somebody needs healing in their body. I declare healing right now. Those watching the live stream and those in person, in Jesus' name, I'll just lay hands on someone right now. I declare healing for you, Mijo, right now. God is healing your back from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. You are healed. I declare it. You keep believing. You're a believer, so you believe until you receive it because Jesus promised. Jesus promised. You receive it now. It's yours. It's yours now. Date it. Write it down somewhere. Those on the live stream, write it down. You received your miracle today in the spirit. It'll manifest in the physical soon. For the job this next week, whoever that was. You need a car? Talk to God about that. You say, man, I'm walking everywhere. and I, I Or, man, this car of mine is about, it's on its last legs. God's going to give you a new car. You say, I don't have good credit. I made some bad choices back in the day. God is going to give you a new car. New to you. I don't know if it's brand new, but it's going to be new used and nice. Nice and clean. So keep it clean. There's other miracles happening. I don't know what they are, but your seed is in the ground. You've got to believe. You say, man, I need God to multiply what I've given. If you've given nothing, he multiplies zero. So give to him. Give to his kingdom. Tithe, offering, first fruits. Whatever God is telling you to give, that's between you and him. I want you to be blessed. I'll never know what you gave today or tomorrow or next week. I will never know what you gave. Not by name, not by number. I will not know. But I do know this, that God is faithful, and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, Scripture says. He is a rewarder of those who faithfully seek him. We trust you, God. We thank you, God Almighty, and we give you all the glory. We thank you for your word that has fallen on good ground. In Jesus' name, someone said amen, amen and amen. Give the Lord a clap offering today, if you would, please.